Legacy. What does that mean to you? Maybe you haven't given it much thought? That's okay, because without fail, this episode will help you give you clarity on the legacy you are already creating. And yes, you heard that right. You are already creating a legacy for you and your family. Keep listening for more. to the Her Dinero Matters podcast, a mixed language podcast hosted by me, Jen Hemphill, to help you become the reign of your money and love your dinero more. If you are needing some inspiration and encouragement at this very moment, you have come to the right place. Gracias por compartir este tiempo conmigo. Now let's jump in to today's Dose of Money Confidence. How is it going? This is Jen Hempel, your host. Legacy sounds like we have to do something big to leave a legacy, right? But really, you just have to define what it is. It doesn't have to be material like lots of money, but it can be part of it. It can be more about who you are and the example you want to set. You will especially hear this with our special guest today as she shares the three key words that makes up the legacy she wants to leave. Make sure you don't miss what those three things are. Let me share with you a little bit about Jenny Perez. She is a Latina cafecito loving mompreneur and wife passionate about helping Latina moms or multicultural families raise bilinguals and celebrating their roots. She is the founder of Me Legacy, an online blog, platform, and community for these parents. She is also the host of the Latina Mom Legacy podcast and has been featured on Oprah Daily, Hip Latina, and Fierce by Me Too, to name a few. And I will make sure to link in the show notes the interview she did when she interviewed me on her podcast. So let's go ahead and meet Jenny. Bienvenida, Jenny. I'm so thrilled to have you here. I know we've connected recently. I have been following you for a while, especially since one of the things you do is help moms with their bilingual kids, how to teach them to be more bilingual and just the challenges that we face. <laughs> so I'm just so excited to have you here and to get to know you more. Thank you so much for having me on. I am really excited to have this conversation with you. I am too. So let's go back in time, Jenny, to maybe when you were a child or a teenager, if you could tell us a little bit about your upbringing, your experiences, any lessons that you have had around money, something that maybe really impacted you for life, because we have those stories. Yeah, for sure. I have two really significant experiences that just sort of stand out in my upbringing, as far as money is concerned. The first is really my first experience with money. And I can share with you that my parents, I grew up in Hialeah, Florida, and out there there was a flea market, Pulguero. And my parents on the weekends 
would sell. They would have set out a table and they would sell merchandise, usually like porcelains and bed sheets. And I was probably like three, maybe three to four years old. And I remember having that experience of my parents taking me with them and having that one-on-one -on -one interaction with the customer. So that always stood out for me just because I would see that money exchange and that interaction. So that was probably like one of the first memories that I have in terms of money being exchanged in my family. Fast forward to my mom. So my experience with my mom was a little bit different. That experience at the flea market was more from my dad. And what I took from that experience was that as long as you're willing to work, siempre va a haber dinero. You always have money. So that's what I took from him. For my mom, it was a little bit different because my mom married my dad and my dad was uh, very machista in a lot of ways. And my mom had her own fears and her own trauma. So those fears and those traumas and those limiting beliefs prevented her from going to school, prevented her from learning to drive, prevented her from accomplishing many things that she wanted to accomplish in life. So what happened with her money is while she really didn't go out to work, she always made sure that she was working in the home. And by I mean working in the home, she took care of kids, she babysat. So she was always having money in the house. One of her lessons to me was to save. Ahorras dinero, ahorras dinero en el marranito. And that was her bank. Now you have to remember, she didn't have a car. She didn't know how to drive. So anytime she wanted to have money, she literally went to her piggy bank to pull up money. That was that experience. So I always saw her saving. She always saved money. So when I was 19 and about to go off into college and elope, with my ex-boyfriend, I'll never forget the advice that she gave me. She said to me, make sure to open a bank account in your name that he doesn't know about para que el día de mañana te quieras ir tengas con qué. Mm -hmm. And I was like, why are you telling me this? I'm in love. I love him. And she's like, no. And I realized that she shared that with me because maybe at some point in her life, she felt a little trapped. And because she didn't have that education, she wasn't able to go as she wanted. Yeah. And that's very common with women, right? Especially we traditionally, things are changing, but traditionally, we're not the ones that take care of money. Or especially if we're married, the husband takes care of the money, even though maybe we go and buy the groceries or stuff like that. And so I think we see that, again, it's changing where, but traditionally we have been dependent mm -hmm. and we didn't really understand what was going on with the finances because we weren't managing. But I love that your mom gave you that advice because one, I think it's important, and I've always, always have said this, to be in the know. You may not be paying the bills, you may not be managing the budget, but it's really important to be in the know of your finances. And I'm always a big fan in a partnership for each person to have their own money because we're individuals after all. And I think it's important to have your own money and just if you have joint accounts or separate accounts, that's completely up mm -hmm. to you. It's whatever works best for you. But I think each individual should have their own money to do what they please. I'm a big fan, but I like that she did that because I think it's important to have that 
knowledge of money, one, and have el poder de saber que puedes salir adelante si algo pasa, right? I think it's important. So I love that. And I'm curious to know, with that piece of advice, because you said it has stuck with you, how mm -hmm. has it played in your present life? Well, I think from that, I took two big things. One was to educate yourself if you don't know something or if you don't know about something. That was a really big one because seeing her save her money in El Marranito, in a literal piggy bank at home, I said, okay, there has to be a better way that's more efficient, that makes more sense. So that for me was the driving point to read the first book that really changed my life in terms of finances. And that was Susie Orman's Nine Steps to Financial Freedom. When I read that book, I was very young and I was blown away. And I said, wow, I had no idea that all this information existed. So I felt so empowered when I read that book that that really was the first book that opened the doors to me start saving for my retirement, doing all these things that I had no idea about until then. The second thing that I took away from that, which is probably for me even more important, was to not let fear hold you back in life. Because I took from her, she literally, I remember this conversation like it was night and day, like she was so serious when she was looking at me in the eye and Because as a mom, I know that she wanted something so much better for me that she didn't have for herself, that she didn't give to herself. So for me, taking that understanding that fear is something that can cripple you and being able to face those challenges and not live with that thought. I always say, I don't ever want to be on my deathbed and wonder or say, I wonder what would have happened if I did this. You know, he says, and you know, what's the worst that can happen? You fail, but you fail forward. So definitely the two biggest lessons I took from that and certainly helped me today in my everyday life and finances. I think I heard something similar from my mom's friends when I first got married, where it was, you need to have your own money. It wasn't like save money, but it was just like, you need to have your own mm -hmm. money. So it's, it's interesting. And, it, and just in the perspective of just looking back on their marriages and maybe some challenges that they had, some things that had happened that caused them to feel that way. And So I'm also curious, now moving on, because I could go on and on about that. From that, just learning, because you mentioned you had Susie Orman's book, which was also one of the first books that I read, and your mom's piece of advice. What else would you, because you have a daughter, right? Mm -hmm. So what would you pass on to her? What else would you teach your daughter just to be financially strong? For me, in terms of money, the biggest lesson that I want her to take away is that to view money as a tool and not as an end goal, that her happiness does not depend on how much money she has in her bank account. Because si no eres feliz con poco, nunca vas a ser feliz con mucho. And sometimes we are so attached to material things to things that we want for ourselves for our family that we lose sight of the fact that if you take all those things away you can still be happy you can still live a very fulfilling life and I want her to take that with her because 
You don't have to see money as something that is unattainable or something that that you should strive to get or no, simply use it as a tool, as a resource. Yes, it could be used for great things. You can change the world with money. Absolutely. It's not a bad thing. But Que no se sienta tan atada al dinero. I think that's very empowering when you can sort of detach yourself from seeing money as money as a bigger force than you, then I think you can do and accomplish great things. So for sure, that's the biggest thing that I want her to take away. And I would say the second thing that I would want her to take away is I want to teach her how interest works and how interest works in her favor and against her. Because interest can cripple you in debt or interest can work in your favor to earn and make you money. So I think for me, I learned that later on in life and I wish I would have learned that early on. So I think those two things for sure I would teach her. I love both lessons. And with the first one about seeing money as a tool, I think is so important, especially right now in the world that we live in with social media, where we see things that are so perfect. And so Mm -hmm. especially with girls, right? I don't have girls. I have boys, but I mean, it impacts boys as well. But when we look at social media and how it's portrayed, that's not necessarily something real, right? Not the Mm -hmm. reality of the days in and day out that some days are not the best days for everyone, right? It's not happy, happy, and it's not all maybe financially, you don't have it all together. But social media, you see it in a different light. So for parents, what would you, what kind of piece of advice, especially since you deal a lot with parents and moms, what would you say or what would you share to parents to kind of combat that? So social media shows one thing and you're trying to teach your child this, but let's face it, our children can be on, depending on their ages, if they're teenagers especially, they're more on social media. With children, they model after you. Mm. So if you are on social media and you are comparing yourself to fulanita, peranita, meganita, or you're saying, oh, fulana de tal, tiene tal cosa, o mira lo que compró fulana, then you know what? They're going to absorb that and they're going to take that and they're going to be scrolling on social media. My daughter doesn't scroll on social media. She's only seven. But with everything they model after you. Even if you think that they're not, it's like, if you tell them something, no, they won't listen when you tell them. But if you do it by action, they're going to pay attention. They're going to pay attention. So I would say just be cognizant of your actions when it comes to money. How do you talk about money? How do you compare yourself to other people when it comes about money? Because whether you like it or not, Eso se va a reflejar en ellos. They're going to reflect that. And believe me, I've caught myself where I'm like, oh, that's me talking. No, no, no. We have to change that. We have to correct this. So just being aware of the things that you say and do around kids when it comes to money, for sure. Being aware of what we say, yes. And what we do, that is very powerful and great advice. Because I know I have, especially when my kids... Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. We're younger. I was trying to be very observant of what I said I did just because I was afraid they may break up some habits or say things Mm -hmm. or whatever. But fast forward to now, 
I feel like that has paid off. Now, did I do it perfect? Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) But just trying to be more conscious about it, I see how they are and the human beings they're becoming. And the same with my husband. He was more, sometimes even more so than me. He was more observant because sometimes he would catch me. He's like, I don't know if that's a good way of saying that to the boys. But I think, again, you don't have to be perfect, but it has paid off. And just seeing how much, God willing, it continues. They have a head on their shoulders and the good human beings they are. So I love that. Now, you have a podcast called the Latina Mom Legacy Podcast. And one of the things that you do is help mom raise bilingual kids. And for those of us that are trying really hard because I have been there to raise (laughs) bilingual kids, what has been the best piece of advice that you have been given or just even in your own journey? The best piece of advice that I was given was given to me in a book. And it was a book that I read called Gentle Parenting. And at the time when I read the book, my daughter was having a lot of emotional sensitivities and we were just challenged a lot during that time. And I read this book and in that book, I learned how children and people process information differently according to their natural abilities and how they like to learn. And to me, that was like ding, 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 because up until then, I didn't know that we all learn differently. And when I mean we all learn differently, we take in information differently. Some people learn by listening. Some people learn by doing. Some people learn by observing. Some people learn by reading. And understanding that really helped me tune in to my daughter in terms of her emotional sensitivities. And when I learned to tune in better to her emotional sensitivities, I was like, wow, this is like a total game changer. I can use this for everything. And I learned to apply that not just with her emotional sensitivities, but also with language learning, with her education in school, with her relationships at school, with everything. And to me, that really has changed the way our dynamic worked. And now I understand that there are certain things that don't work for her that might work for another child. And I think for parents, it's crucial because a lot of people want a one-stop solution or a cookie-cutter approach. And when you're raising bilingual children, it's not a one-cookie-cutter approach. And it can't be because all families are different and all children are different. I agree. And I think it also allows us to be better advocates for our children when it comes to really being in tune to our kids. Mm Because I know we had the experience when my oldest was young, probably like two, three years old. He was always has been real energetic kid. Mm -hmm. La barriga, real energetic. My daughter. Uh And we were doing, I don't know, where were we at? And they were recommending some, I don't know if it was occupational therapy. I don't remember what it was. But in all of that, mm-hmm. they were wanting to test him for ADHD or, but when they're more hyper and high energy. And I'm like, he's always been like this, but that has not kept him 
back in things. So、mm-hmm. we had to advocate、mm-hmm. before it led to other things. And obviously, if down the line we saw some signs or whatever, we would be aware. But I think we definitely, just based on the things that you shared, and we definitely need to be just in tune with、Absolutely. our own kids, so we can also be better advocates. And I'm curious. I guess we should. Take this back here. I'm curious, what led you to this work with the podcast, with your website, and the content you create? What led you to this work? Este episodio de Her Dinero Matters es traído a ustedes por McDonald's. Todos tenemos un McDonald's en nuestro barrio especial para nosotros. ¿Cuál es el tuyo? En mi casa tenemos muchos recuerdos de McDonald's con mis hijos, desde los Happy Meals y las fiestas de cumpleaños. Mis hijos ya son grandes y para mí últimamente se trata de pasar por el drive-thru, especialmente cuando estamos de prisa. No sé qué opinas tú, pero lo más importante para mí es recibir el pedido de la comida, que sea correcto y seguir con mi vida. No creo que exijo mucho. Así que cuando el miembro del crew Me preguntó que cómo estaba yo, me cogió de sorpresa. Lo que él no sabía era que había tenido un día de mucha locura, y él fue el primero en preguntarme cómo estaba. Esta sencilla pregunta cambió el tono de mi día. McDonald's, me encanta. So I had my daughter in 2015, and when I had my daughter, I knew that I wanted to raise her to be bilingual, and I wanted to also raise her to speak Bulgarian, which is my husband's heritage language. So I didn't know how I was going to do that, but I knew that that's what I wanted to do. My background is in design. I've been a costume designer, I've been in fashion, I've been a product designer for many, many years. And when my daughter turned two, I said. Okay, I have this calling in my heart, and it's very hard to. And I explained to my husband, I can't explain. It's just a calling that I have that I need to share my experience with other moms. And the best way that I know how at this moment is through what I know how to do best. And at that time, it was creating product. So I created a subscription box for me legacy. And the purpose has always been the same. The motto is always connect, create, carry on. Connect with our children. Create, carry on our legacy. So the model started as a subscription box. Parents would get the box sent at home with material to help their children learn Spanish. And I always had a soft spot for the mom, so I always included like un regalito para la mamá. What happened though was that because I had big dreams and not such a big budget, <laughs> that I overextended myself financially. And I said, "This is just not feasible for me. It's not smart. I'm investing a lot of money, and I'm not seeing a return on my investment." And so, what I did is that I'm going to have to stop this business model. And I had all this leftover product. Long story short, I started attending different expos, like pregnancy expos, mom expos, to sell the product. I would lug my sana sana colita de rana onesie. <laughs> And I would converse with these moms, and I realized that having those conversations with them, I loved, and so that led me to create the podcast. And in creating the podcast, and listening to these stories, and interviewing these language specialists, and hearing these successes and struggles, I said, 
I can offer something more for the busy mom that doesn't have the time to maybe take a class that needs a little bit more coaching and parenting. And that sort of led me to where I am now, which is with the course that I have created for parents that want to raise bilingual children. So it really has now become a resource center for parents. And that's where I'm at. (laughs) Where were you when my kids were little? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Now it's great because now there are a lot of resources. I mean, back even like seven, ten years ago, there wasn't Mm -hmm. much. So now I see all these books and I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Mas libros bilingües. Yes. Right. Because I looked up stuff and the advice I received, and I know I shared this with you before, was... You speak Spanish to your son. This was when we only had our oldest. And your husband speaks in English. And keep it like that. Anytime you have conversations, you stick to Spanish. He sticks to English. Or your husband sticks to English. And you'll be fine. But I didn't follow that because, as I shared with you, we were in Peru. My husband being military, he was traveling a lot. And I was fearful that my son wasn't going to learn English. Mm -hmm. So I didn't heed that. And so it, it did not become a habit. And it went downhill, even though right now it's improved, right? Both my kids have taken on that interest mm-hmm. and in speaking Espanol. So that's awesome. But yeah, so it's just been interesting. And also with that, because with your podcast, when I saw that, I'm like, oh, my goodness, where was this? Right. <laughs> uh, where was this? Now, The other part of this, so you teach moms to raise bilingual kids or you help them in that process through your podcast. But the other part of this that you focus on is leaving a legacy, a legacy that nuestra abuela would be proud of. What does this mean for you and what would you like people to gain out of what you're doing? For me, creating a legacy that my abuela would be proud of means creating a legacy of love of generosity, of appreciation. And when I really dig down deep and decipher what that really means, to me, it's understanding the struggles that my parents went through, the sacrifices that they endured coming to this country. But it's also the sitting around La Cocina during Navidad, making natilla en buñuelos, knocking on people's doors, on our neighbor's doors, and sharing a little bit of us with them. And it's also sitting down with my daughter and reading to her in Espanol and having that connection and that bond through the language. So for me, like when I think about love, when I think about generosity, when I think about appreciation, it's all of that and so much more. And to me, I think that that would make my abuela proud. I love it. Now, do you think that over the course of time, have we lost that side of legacy, do you think? Or do you feel like people are still wanting to live the legacy? Because that's something for me, I just, especially, I guess, in the world of social media, I just see so many different things. What are your thoughts? I think that what happens is that one, we perhaps don't do enough soul searching. And I've had events in my life that have made me really search deep. And one of those events was losing my father to COVID. I think when I lost my father to COVID, it really helped me look inward in terms of what I value in life and what means something to me. And 
it's a very personal journey that each person has. But for me, it was like honoring where my family comes from, where I come from, because at the root of it, it's so much more than just the language, so much more than about a culture. So I think that when people don't really do soul searching, when they don't look inward and work on themselves, then yeah, you live sort of life on a very superficial level and se pierde, se pierde las tradiciones, se pierde muchas cosas. And it's not with bad intention, is that I think sometimes people have to be just a little bit more self-aware and practice a little bit more soul-searching. I couldn't agree with you more. And I think your podcast serves as a reminder. Hello. <laughs> Remember, <laughs> this is your reminder because we do get lost in the day-to-day -day mm -hmm. of working, of quote-unquote needing to get this done, of needing to accomplish this, of needing, 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 and forget about the joy that we could be living. So I appreciate that you do what you do with your podcast, because yes, it helps us as moms raising bilingual kids. But I think it also serves as a reminder of mm -hmm. creating that legacy and defining what that is for us. So I know you mentioned a course mm -hmm. that you have for raising yes. bilingual kids. So what else, what is in the works when it comes to your business? Oh, I have big dreams. I have big dreams. I know you do. That's what I wanted to ask. <laughs> I have very big dreams, but I take it one step at a time. And in my business, I've learned so much. And I've learned that sometimes you have something planned in mind and that doesn't necessarily work. So you have to be able to be flexible and pivot And as long as you are true to yourself, and as long as you're true to what you want your work to stand for, that perhaps the product or perhaps the service may change a little bit. But as long as you're true to yourself, then that integrity will guide you along the way. It's certainly not a linear path as I thought it was going to be. My path is sort of like everywhere, but I welcome it. I welcome it. It has Help me meet a lot of amazing women, a lot of amazing moms. And now I'm at a place where I'm very happy to help and serve my community. And that's really the intention is to serve the community and help and motivate parents and moms that they can do something that it's not like you said, like you compare yourself to Fulanita Peranita on social media. To not compare yourself, but to be motivated to try and be a little bit better version of yourself today than you were yesterday. And I hope that they get that out of the course, that they get that out of the podcast, that they get that out of, you know, my Instagram, that it really is just a place for them to feel identified, for them to feel heard. And hey, we're all in this together. You're not alone. And you can still do amazing things for yourself and for your kids. Thank you. Well, Jenny, this has been fantastic. And hablando con otra colombiana, thank you so much for being here and for everything that you do for our comunidad. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. Did you catch the three words that form the legacy that Jenny wants to leave? If you didn't, they were love generosity, and appreciation, which I really aligned with 
those three things. And I'm curious, is this similar to your legacy? How would you describe the legacy you want to leave? For me, it's about leaving this world a little better than when I entered it. It's also about giving back to the community that gave you, or in my case, the community that gave me, which is you. It's also about giving people something to smile about. You may have noticed, hopefully, (laughs) that I love humor. I have this sense of humor and I love jokes. I love laughing and I love giving people something to smile about. If you enjoyed this episode with Jenny, please connect with her over at melegacy.com. I will leave that in the show notes. Again, that is melegacy.com. I would love it if you share with us what you want your legacy to be. How? I know I'm talking to you in a podcast and you can't talk back to me. But now we have a new Facebook community and you can share with us there and have conversations and ask questions and more. You can do that at jenhemphill.com forward slash community. That is jenhemphill.com forward slash community. You can also go on Facebook and do a simple search for Her Dinero Matters. Just make sure you ignore the one that says archived. Yes, we've had a community in the past if you are just joining us, but that's for another story. We are in the community. We are having conversations beyond this podcast. So if you are looking for a supportive, non-judgmental community for your dinero, join us. Again, that is jenhempill.com forward slash community. The link is also in today's show notes. Next week, it will be just me and you for a solo episode on Latina Equal Pay Day. I have done several episodes in the past years about this day, and I will provide in this next episode, my 2022 reflections. Bueno pues, that is everything. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to tune into the show. You can check out the show notes over at jenhempill.com forward slash 331 to refer back to everything you need from the show. And remember that being the reign of your money starts at this very moment simply by claiming it. I believe in you and so should you. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. Chao. 